1: Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurtzbacher, and I am super excited about today's episode for a number of reasons. First, we are going to complete the triple crown of hiking, which refers to the three major U.S. long-distance trails. Uh, You may recall on our first episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Josh Sutton, who through-hiked the Appalachian Trail with his wife, Cassie, and their five-year-old son. Then in episode nine, we spoke with Derek Wood who hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. And today we're gonna complete the Triple Crown with the Continental Divide Trail, which is a 3,100 mile trail between Mexico and Canada. It follows the Continental Divide along the Rocky Mountains and passes through New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. Now the second reason I'm so excited is we get to talk today with Jeff Wise, the president and CEO of Whitewater here in Charlotte. He's at the helm of the U.S. National Whitewater Center, which has become a mecca for adventure in the southeast, and it's one of the key attractions for our Charlotte region. Jeff not only leads a company focused on adventure, he's also a kayaker, a biker, backpacker, runner, and an outdoor enthusiast. Now, back in 2015, Jeff took a month out of his daily routine to mountain bike the length of the continental divide trail and today he's going to share some of that story with us jeff welcome to the campfire
0: thanks good to be here
1: you and i had some really fun conversation right before we got started and and i learned something um, that that's pretty cool and so what you find is when when one door closes the other one opens and so the the triple crown of hiking is the appalachian trail the pacific crest trail and the continental divide trail but you let me know that there's something called bike packing and that there's actually a triple crown in bike packing and so uh what we learned here is that the continental divide trail the colorado trail and the arizona trail makes the triple crown of bike packing so uh, you've already opened another door for me because we're going to have to continue our journey by covering those trails as well
0: yeah, you yeah, know the, the AT and the and the PCT do not allow bikes for you know, for obvious and very good reasons, um, and so they wouldn't. Yeah, otherwise that would probably be the the, the triple crown for bike packing. So I, I, I'm making this up as I go, but I'm trying to think of why those are the three triple crown for bike packing. Obviously the 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 you know for the, the continental divide that's the beast. But I'll tell you, I've done the Colorado, I've not done Arizona. Colorado was it was single handedly mile for mile, the hardest bike packing I've ever done in my life by, by a factor of several. It was, I was, I was probably hike a biking. I don't even want to say, but at least 50% of the time.
1: Oh man. Well, it sounds like Jeff, we might have a couple of podcast episodes here. Um, so let's, let's jump to the continental divide trail and finish that first, that first leg of the hiking triple crown. Um, can you kind of just give us an overview of the continental divide trail?
0: yeah so uh, if clarification you know the the actual continental divide trail is an established pathway what i did what's known as you know quite honestly the continental uh the the, the tour divide which was a race and it it incorporates the continental divide trail at at, at various um locations yeah so the actual tour uh, the, the the tour route actually starts in Banff and ends at um, at Antelope Wells. And so it, it is either parallel at all points or actually incorporating the, college, nice. the, the continental. Um, and there are times you're on the continental where you're specifically on it. So it's a real mix. Um, and, and that makes it actually kind of interesting. And you go yeah. through some absolutely stunningly gorgeous places. But, you know, you spend about two days on the bike from banff before you hit the montana you know the u.s border in montana roosevelt I believe it is okay. um, it's pretty cool i went across the um and i came into the u.s at about one o'clock in the morning um on my bike and there's nobody else there and the guys at the border i'm thinking well they'll just let me on through is they're not going to really look at me like anything but they they still check you they still treat you just like you would otherwise at one wow. o'clock on a whatever morning that was uh, so it was a pretty cool weird ethereal experience going through that
1: yeah that's wild you're uh you're going you're essentially going through customs during a mountain bike race
0: it is and 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 there were a couple other riders around me but because uh, we were still early we were the second day in so people were still a little more compressed
1: wow so okay so you're so montana you start in montana
0: and uh, started t- t- Banff so you're you're about two hundred and what was that about yeah, you're just a little over 200 miles in Canada before you hit the U.S. border. So you hit that about, I think the first day I got to, um, uh, boy, it was nasty. It was raining. Everybody was shearing derailleurs in the mud. It was a nightmare. Um, and I got to um, about mile 145 that first night, absolutely caked in mud. Uh, but no, no, no derailleurs lost or anything like that. I, I busted two spokes about two hours out of Banff, And um wasn't able to get those fixed until we hit town um, in Whitefish, Montana. Which, if you've never been to Whitefish and you're into the outdoors, go to Whitefish. I was only yeah. there for a few hours getting my my wheels fixed, but uh, it's a beautiful place. Yeah,
1: have actually been there. That it is. That is a cool little town.
0: That's a place um, to be.
1: So, so, but the U.S. portion starts in Montana, and and so can you kind of take us through sort of what the you know what the trail looks like, the terrain from from there to Mexico.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a great question, and I'll be honest. I think it's one of the the, the best parts of, of of any story related to this. I mean, going through Montana blows your mind because you, you start out and you're just thinking this is maybe some of the prettiest stuff I've ever seen. And as you're riding, and that's the beauty of riding versus backpacking. Um, you know, they each have their obviously their relative merits. But but with riding, you know, the context happens quicker. And you know, you'll be in the morning thinking I've never seen anything this gorgeous. But in the afternoon, you know, 100 miles later, you're in a completely different uh, setting and you're thinking, wait a minute, this is prettier than what I just saw. The next day, this is prettier than what It, it changes, but it's absolutely stunning. And you're going through Butte, Helena, you're staying along the whole more of the western portion and shooting straight down Montana, heading towards Wyoming. And so you're in Montana for several days. You actually leave montana and hit and go into idaho for just a quick snip okay before you click over into um into wyoming and you go into into yellowstone and ride right down the um, uh the highway there going into jackson so so you you go from one place to another thinking it can't get any better and i'm not saying it truly is better but it just keeps blowing your mind how gorgeous it is and so by the time you get into colorado you're thinking how does it get any better? And then darn it, if Colorado doesn't keep up and just add something. And in all of Colorado, you know, you've got that Northern portion of Colorado that looks very different than the San Juans and so forth. And then by the time you get into, you know, to New Mexico, it just keeps giving and it, it blows your mind. The only problem is you're in a race. You don't really slow down to appreciate, Right. right. You know, it's go, 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 but you're on the bike. So you're constantly, you know, absorbing it and picking it up. And you're basically on a, in a race where you're doing a, you know, a site tour. I mean, it's, 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 and you're seeing your country and I'm not, this is not some jingoistic patriotic thing, but it gave me a context for the country that nothing else ever could because you saw it all in 20 days and you understood the the, the linkage of all of it. And, and that's irreplaceable. I'll, I'll never forget that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the terrain in the, in the, I mean, especially out West, it's just, it's, it's just so awe inspiring. In fact, that's, that's the word awe is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. And I was just kind of thinking, I know you're, you were in a race. And so I'm sure you were incredibly focused about just kind of getting from one point to the next, but how did you blend that sort of, you know, making sure that you have the time to take in what you're experiencing and, and, and having sort of those awe moments blended with the focus of, you know, being in a race.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, it was interesting. I, I, a really weird thing happened as soon as I finished. Every morning I woke up for several weeks, there was almost an anxiety that, you know, I got to go. I got to go. You got to move. You got to move. You, you just had to keep pushing. And and, and and that was going on for those 20 days. So you never absorbed anything more than for a quick moment. I mean, I remember sitting there I ate a lot of uh Don Miguel frozen burritos. Those were the, <laughs> <laughs> pound for pound, you cannot get more fat and calories. Um and it's a phenom those are and they they're nice little tubes that fit everywhere. And so um, you know, you would sit there and you would laugh. I mean, you would be by yourself. Um, you know, 98% of it is solo, meaning, you mm-hmm. know, you may get into a restaurant where you see somebody or when you come into town, but you know, you're not. You know, you're not allowed to, to to draft or do anything like that. So it's a solo event, yeah. And so you're in your own mind, and and you're enjoying the scenery, but you also are enjoying the the you know the suck. I mean, the suck is there. It is mm-hmm. it is it is present at every moment, but it is also balanced out by you know laughing at the suck and and also going, man, I'll never see this again in this moment, and you better you better enjoy it. So. There's a blend there that your brain is very conscious of. And it's what keeps you going because it's never the suck doesn't suck that long. The, you know, you know that the grandeur is going to become suck. Um, you know, there's pain. There's there's mechanicals. There's always something to keep you moving.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think that's come up on this podcast before with some other folks that have done some things like mountain climbing and, you know, the suffering. It's real. You call it the suck. It is. Um, why do we put ourselves through those? Why, why do we? Why do we seek out the
0: suck? I'm probably the worst person to ask because I'm going to sound <laughs> like a jerk with this statement. I think it's because we have engineered all the suck out of our life on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these phones, these computers. I mean, everything about our lives is to you know make our lives you know less sucky. Um, you know, there's a whole nother conversation that goes on that says they created a different suck for us, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> but we have engineered, you know, really all activity out of our lives. I mean, we have been a you know, we don't starve anymore, you know, you know. Ukraine is only a reminder to us that life is fragile and life is tough. But we are so fortunate that we have removed so much of that. I think we know that we grow through challenge, and so if we're not getting challenged. You know through the daily existence of life we're going to reach out and seek it in another way we have to program it now because you know we're not we're not living on a survival basis for most of us and that's that's a good thing i'm not i'm not saying that's negative but if we're only going to grow through challenge which the only way i know that anything grows is why we go you know lift a weight or go run do whatever is to you know distress our systems you know, we have to go find these things so we program it and we see it at the whitewater center every day um you know uh, my favorite expression is when people say can you teach me to go backpacking i'm like do you know how to walk um <laughs> you know, it, it, people just feel you know, we we now have to program all of these experiences in because it's not as natural as it used to be so i, I think we need the suck um we just evolved you know but we also need the uh, that that time to let the suck absorbed so that we can grow from the sock. I mean, go back to lifting weights. If you go lift, you know, 24 hours a day, you're going to, you, you never give it the chance to come back. Um, you've got to, you've got to let everything repair after you've broken it down.
1: I mean, really, really good wisdom there. I'm curious that, you know, there's a lot of different challenges that you could have chosen. Why did you pick this particular challenge for you?
0: it was timing um you know i've always you know you, you said you listed things that i'm you know i was gonna say kayak or bike or, you know I'm, I'm 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 not marginal at any of those things i'm terrible at all of them and and because i'm not very good at them i kind of you know try a bunch of different things and then you know, but i i embrace them and i stick with them because i love them but i'm not any good at them and so you know biking the one thing that i am maybe you know somewhat average at is being able to stay on a bike for a long time. I, okay. you know, I'm not fast. I'm not powerful. I'm not anything, but you know, I'll stay on a bike. Um, and but also, being very frank, it is a very efficient way to see the world. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've been able to go, I've, you know, circumnavigated on a bike, Cuba. Um, I mean, I I want you know, I've been everywhere on a bike because it's a great way to slowly see a lot. Um, you know, if I'm hiking and backpacking, I'm not covering as much, right. and and I tend to be more remote. The bike takes you from remote into urban, and I like I like that mixture. I like being able to interact with people. Cuba is the best example. I mean, you, you, you were able to interact with people, but I wasn't in in tourist areas. Just like on the you know on the Tour Divide, you know you're 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 remote but you also get to come in and see i'll I'll probably never be in in helena montana ever again but now i understand you know that's pretty cool capital um it's a neat place
1: yeah and and i think what's cool about it is like you think about the appalachian trail and pacific crest trail like these guys that did the through hiking i mean they're they're doing this in months you know four to four to six to seven months and you covered this whole thing in 21 days so that's that's pretty efficient that's pretty awesome
0: yeah you know uh, since i was kid, I've been trying to figure out how to do the AT. And the the realization is, I'm sorry, but when you're, you know, 12 years old, you can't go disappear for six months. Um, And then, you know, college and law school and work, you don't get to go take four months away from responsibilities for a lot of us. And so I'm trying to figure out when that happens. And quite frankly, the AT for me has been, you know, probably at retirement. Um, And the problem is I'll be, you know, physically incapable of anything other, you know, probably can't even hold my bowels together. At that
1: point. <laughs> no, no, you won't. You're going to do it. I, maybe I'll come with you because I'd love to do that as well.
0: I'm telling you, it, I, I do not fathom how anybody could do that with a five year old. I, I, you know, I, the, the guys that I do hike with and bike with act like five year olds, but they can at least, <laughs> you know, they can at least, you know move I, I can't fathom a five-year-old being able to move down that trail
1: like that yeah well you know it's great i mean episode one you can hear the story but the thing is i'm sure a lot of people can't fathom what you did in the 21 days on the continental divide trail I, i'd love to hear where if maybe you could share like some of your favorite moments on that trip and then maybe maybe share some of the specifics
0: suck Man, I mean, I seriously, if we talk for three hours and, you know, I do love the sound of my own voice, but I, I you know, re- recounting this story, you know, that trip in my head happens all the time. You yeah. know, I, I try not to share it because I don't want to bore people. And so you asking me to talk about it is, you know, that's a rare thing and certainly enjoyable for me because it is in my head all the time Yeah, because it is it, it is constantly a context for life for me because at the end of the day, everything, you know, it's sports, it's everything is an analogy to how we live our lives. And so, you know, they're very vivid to me. Um, I, I remember the first day, um, you know, there were 150 people starting the race and this is the stupidest thing you'll ever see from human beings. We were about to go, you know, essentially 3000 miles, you know, over, you know, I was shooting for 21 uh, days and, everybody hauls tail out of there at 18 miles an hour at breakneck speed mm-hmm. why i mean you know you, you, you we were acting like you know we were we were racing you know 100 miles or 50 miles and i was yeah. laughing at it um you know probably two hours in i mean i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm probably at you know 80 percent heart rate trying to just haul for no good logic uh kicked up a big rock that ran through the front tire you know through the um spokes and it kicked through the uh drivetrain and out the back and so i broke the spokes and so you know two hours in i've already got a mechanical and it jammed up the, the derailleur i had to fix all that and you know probably four or five hours later with a you know pretty compromised uh drivetrain and rear wheel um climbing you know several thousand feet that day coming back down you know it was cold it was raining and I remember just kind of, you know, I pulled into a C store at about mile one ten, okay, and cold, really cold. And I remember trying to heat up by uh, by the the roller food, you know, that was it, it created heat off of it. And I remember yeah. going, "This is cool," and I, <laughs> <laughs> like, "Why? What is cool about this?" Yeah, and and I just was laughing and. You know, I was by myself, uh, heading towards a little town called Sparlina in, in Canada. It was a logging town, and you know, you would just start singing to yourself because you—the you, absurdity of what was going on—yeah, was cool. And you would, you know, there's no other way. I'm filthy, dirty. I'm freezing cold. I'm starving, and I got, you know, you know, almost 3,000 miles more of this. And you know, what have I signed up for? I had no idea but you got a pretty quick understanding of it within that first day and then you woke up you went about it the same you know the next day you start all over again and you do it again and the whole goal was don't you know don't physically break down and don't mechanically break down mm-hmm. and 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 mentally but the real issue quite honestly was how much luck factors in i mean you know I, I didn't have any physical problem i mean i had a couple little things here and there but you know nothing that would stop you um most of it revolving around my backside um <laughs> first first three or four days you wear a pretty good hole in your in in in, in the uh, sits bone area but um you know it, it at the end of the day if you don't realize how much luck factors into that um you're an idiot and and that's where to the point of the podcast What I am so aware of is that the the tour divide for me is, is life. And what I mean by that is, you know, everything that has happened to me is a product of two things. It is a product of perseverance and luck. And that's all life is. If you don't push and if you don't drive, you're not going anywhere. But if you also don't understand how much where you are, is a factor of fortune circumstances luck whatever term you want to use added to your persistence and your determination and your effort and Mm -hmm. and your you know you know your, your your use of your brain and your mental acuity whatever you want to call it but it's not special there's nothing special about it it's just an awareness that just keep your head down keep pushing and know that some, I'm uh, pardon my French, but shit's coming your way yeah. and you better figure out how to handle it because shit's coming. And when it hits, relax and handle it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's going to happen when COVID hits. That's going to happen when, you know, stuff at work You know when life, you know, family stuff hits, it's fine. It's expected. If you don't expect it, then you're a moron because it's coming and you've asked for it because you, you, you live this life we live. And, you know, I, I love being in an, in, in, you know, expedition behavior teaches you everything about life.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I, I love that you said that this is, that's, it's nothing special. Um, and, and it's interesting because I'm listening to you earlier talk about how, you know, I love kayaking. I love biking. I love backpacking, but I'm not very good at any of them. You're being modest by the way, but no, ask
0: anybody at work. They will tell you that the fact that I use er at the end of anything, uh, end of anything with me, they go, he sucks, he's terrible.
1: <laughs> but, it, but 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 you know what I was thinking about when you were saying those things is okay, maybe, but you're still showing up, and that's what you're talking about with the perseverance. It's you said, you know, perseverance and luck, and to me, like what I'm hearing you say is you got to show up, and that is what this podcast is about. It's about ordinary people t- telling their extraordinary stories of adventure. And those extraordinary adventures only happen when you show up. Engage.
0: I I, I think I'm going to use your words of show up, but we say it all the daggum time. I tell everybody at work. I tell everybody in my, you know, back in my house. I'm like, guys, nothing happens until you get up and go. And and I'm telling you now, we watch it every single day. Everything is pushing people. The, The fear of failure is causing people to sit on the couch. It's okay to suck. You know you are gonna suck. and we we're trying to tell everybody that they're supposed to be special. And the answer is, you know there's eight billion people on this planet. We're not special. We got to stop that mess. What you are is capable of 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 creating value. And all that means is is get up and get in the game and and try. And I promise you that even if you're not that important to your team, you're important to yourself because you got up and you made something happen. Because the alternative of sitting around and wringing your hands and going, "Oh, woe is me," that's no life. Um, it just that's not life. That's that's pathetic and it sucks. So get up and go, and let let the adventure happen, and be okay with the fact that it's gonna fail, and laugh at the failure, and embrace the failure, and say, you know what, that didn't define me. The only thing that'll define you in a way, I think that 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 you should be uncomfortable with is failing to try. Yeah, I,
1: I love it. So, I, so one thing I want to kind of touch on is um, is that fear of failure because I think we all experience it, and you know, the beauty is in pushing past it. But for this particular trip, this this um, this race that you did, what were some of the like resistance points that you experienced that maybe? um tried to get in the way obviously they didn't because you did it but like what were some of the fears doubts that that you sort of experienced that you had to overcome in order to to even make the trip happen
0: you know one that's a great question and i don't know that it's it's kind of linear i don't want to say you know this was epochal or this was you know this was the one that really stood out um because they're all out there they're little things and I, you know the way that I decided to do this, I remember watching a documentary on the race, and I remember thinking that's insane. And five minutes later, I was actually on my trainer watching it, and and I went, okay, well, can I do that? And I thought about it, and I went, that's a pretty good life. If you know, tw- it wound up taking me twenty days, and 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 I said, if I can, if I can spend you know three weeks away from work, and every day all I have to do is get up and ride my bike. That's a pretty good gig. And so I said, let's go try. Um, I, I did you know, I talked um, to this one guy up in Banff who was a, with a bike uh, bike shop. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was getting into. I mean I, you know I, I, there's no research available on it or no, but there's minimal available. Um, I didn't know you know what type of bike to bring. I didn't know anything. And so you're looking at pictures, you know trying to figure out what people are doing and how they're approaching it. So I went into it completely, completely ill-equipped. The only thing I had was I'd suffered a bunch of life, meaning it's not, you know, I'd done, you know, Ironmans. I'd done marathons. I'd done all that stuff where I said, hey, just keep your head down and go. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can do that. And that's that, that piece I had the confidence in. I was concerned about you know there's wildlife you, uh, you there, there's one of the guys one of the racers that year saw you know a mountain lion i saw him in the subway in um, pinedale and he said yeah i saw uh you know a mountain lion last night um uh, you know there we saw a grizzly we saw you know black bear i mean there's right. the year before a guy was killed coming uh, a truck came around a corner and um, the guy was killed i mean there's bad stuff being out remote in that sure. remote yeah you know, you're you're days away from anything um and and you know then you, Food and water and all that th- those logistics things you know you just you you got to be able to, to manage i'm not you know all my friends will be the first to tell you i'm the last i'm the least organized ocd guy you'll ever see but that is i i, I compensate for not being overly um analytical or that's not the right way to say it but overly organized by being very relaxed and letting it go um okay. I, I i adjust i know how to say okay shit um now what do i do um and 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 i've done that so many times and i always figure it out what well, luck um but you know i think that that in hindsight what i would tell you was mentally when you're you know you're in that zone where you're like this is getting rough mm. you know the, the one thing i will tell you that i've seen and i think this is true for all of hum- humankind the suck will leave. It's, it's temporary. You, you, you got to get through. If it's, if it's 10 minutes, if it's an hour, if it's 24 hours, when you're in a bad place, just let it go. It'll, it'll go away. Um, and not because you, you know, not because you do nothing, you got to keep pushing, but it, you'll push through it. You always, 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 always do. And if you know that, then you'll never quit. And, and I do not get me wrong. You know there are many times you know i would be sitting there you know in, in in a rough moment thinking boy it would be nice to be with the kids and ashley you know on the back porch you know yeah. eating with them right now And you're like yep that's fine you got that in 20 days shut up go um so yeah there's there's some low moments but they last very very short period of time and the payoffs are monumental monumental so it's, it's what life is you can't enjoy the great without having that those tough times
1: i'm hearing a this too shall pass kind of attitude
0: yeah and and and, and, it, and that's the beauty of these artificial you know challenges we put in front of ourselves through adventure mm-hmm. you know those are those are choices you know we 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 put ourselves out there on 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 purpose and do not get me wrong you know the beauty you know the smiles you know all that stuff i yeah you know, they're awesome but the true value is how you know you experience life because you know i've done it with some of my best you know best travel mates where we've looked over at each other where it's getting really ugly and we smile at each other and we go now it's about to get real fun yeah Uh, because you know watch everybody else start to you know fall apart yeah this is your chance to go now we watch how life works yeah
1: hey i wonder i want to just go a little deeper on something i just i heard you say that i thought was really interesting you called it an artificial challenge can you elaborate on that a little bit
0: well yeah what i mean is you know we i did i could have stayed on the couch i didn't need to go to BAM and and set out to do this i I, you know all those were real challenges but i programmed maybe is a better way to do it i didn't you know it's not you know that survival was, I did it to myself. Yeah. It was a vol. maybe I should say it was voluntary. Yeah. Um, And so they're not the challenges that, and and I'm going to sound really rough with this, but I'm I'm so sick of everybody looking and saying, you know, COVID is, you know, is, is causing all this stress. And I'm like, yeah, guys, because we haven't stressed ourselves enough to know that this too shall pass. Yeah. COVID, Yeah. everybody's like, oh, you know, okay. You know, given context, like, yeah, guys, and there's going to be another one coming. It's COVID you know, but, but stuff's gonna keep kicking us right in the you know what's and 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 I'm shocked that people think that's not the case. And so I think you know, when you're seven years old and you have to stand up at the plate and you know strike out, you know, with two men on and the bottom of the seventh, you know, that's failure in your mind. But that's what toughened you and it prepared you for the next thing. And so whether that's at baseball or whether it's you know, you know, on the continental divide. You know, we need to experience these things and we've got to stop sheltering ourselves and thinking that life never has challenges. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that it's a perfect lead in because, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before we hit record. I mean, challenge is how you grow. So whether it's artificial or it's voluntary, you know, we create these challenges so that we can grow. And so I'm curious for this adventure, how, how did Jeff change? How, how were you different after the race than you were before you started? I was 14 pounds lighter.
0: Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want to disappoint you with this statement, but everything is a continuum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think that I came back in any way profoundly changed, but it, but it massively reinforced my awareness and my understanding that the more we, we push and achieve the things that we want to achieve, The more there is satisfaction in life and it's not because i did you know whatever you know 2750 something miles whatever that that's not you know that's cool i love it that's you know that that your your mind wraps around and you go that's kind of cool that's not the point the point was that i showed up every day and i got the job done and i committed to it and i keep seeing evidence of that and everything that i experience is that's all it takes we're, we, we're not none of us are special we just gotta show up and so it just reinforced that for me um it didn't profoundly change me it, it it's a reference point when i when i scratch my head and i go why are we you know why are we why do we think this is so tough i go well it's not as tough as you know this, that or the other i've experienced tougher things in my life and and those passed and so will this so that's that's the change, but that's a that's an accretive or cumulative thing, more than some you know sort of apocal thing. If that makes yeah. sense.
1: Well, what what do you think if the reverse had happened? I mean, if you had chosen not to do this trip, what do you think the result would have been?
0: I would have done something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing you something. Build it with something yeah. else. I love um, it. You would have. I'm not saying every. Yeah, you know, I'll only speak for myself on this. I fill a vacuum, and anytime there's a vacuum where I know that I'm getting soft I I go kick myself in the butt and and I know about every x I go yeah I've been sitting in this chair too long um and don't get me wrong work the kids the dogs you know we all keep each other you know challenged at times but you know I need to go out and get my butt kicked and so I'd have done something else with it
1: so you know, I I heard you say vacuum, but what I think about it as you know, essentially a voice inside us that calls us to adventure. And I'm curious, do you do you have does that voice call to you?
0: Yeah, and I you know, I'm 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 trying to argue. You know, I'm such a contrarian. I want to argue with you. I, I don't think I can. <laughs> <Let's do it. laughs> no, I, I I think that's exactly what it is. There is a there is a there is some you know some sequencing that happens. You know, yeah, when I got back from the Continental Divide, I was ready to relax for a little bit, but yeah. I mean, I was back on that bike as quickly as I could because I want to keep going. I want more. I want more. And and I, I try to be aware. I mean, is it like some kind of addiction? i know no it's really not i mean i'm not you know it's not adrenaline because that's not it i'm a i'm a wimp man you know when when something really scary's happening i'm you know i'm seeking shelter baby you know i'm I'm, like i said i can do one thing and one thing only and that's just you know you know exist and survive and so i i I do think that there is something in you that says it's time to get up and go again and and i'll say this it is a continuum I, i love going to work every day among other things um, because I, I, I'm challenged here every day. Um, the people here push me, um, we push ourselves and it's the product, it's the idea, it's the whole point of why you know, Whitewater exists and that is to promote that engaged lifestyle. We don't care what the format is. I don't care whether you're you know, kayaking or biking or climbing or listening to some great music. Just get up and engage, engage with yourself, engage with other people. But please, please, please push yourself to get out. And that's all that's that we're, we're just trying to facilitate that
1: so i love that you you kind of pivoted to whitewater because i did want to just take a few minutes to talk about that you you've got a pretty extensive career you've you know you you've been in law you've been in the healthcare business you've had you've got an extensive like entrepreneurial history and then there's a moment in your life when you know the whitewater center became um something that was an opportunity for you and i'm curious i mean that's a that's a business that's centered around adventure And so I'm curious how like how that call to adventure played into that transition for you into what is now the U.S. National Whitewater Center here in Charlotte.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure I've thought about it. Yeah, this this is better than psychotherapy, dude. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you're asking me questions. Yeah, I'm always in my own head. You know, I'm not smart enough to think this through. (laughs) I think you're hitting on what what I'm really realizing, and that is the subject matter is not important. You know, it is It is more about the, the, the why behind this. And so, you know, as I, you know, with my kids, I'm doing it now and I'm trying to understand how they see things and why they do what they do and trying to relate to it. And what I think I know is that, uh, you know, whether my parents did it to me, whether, you know, the society, whatever it was, we were, you know, we were curious. We were, you know, we wanted to engage. We were out and about and we were exploring. And don't get me wrong. I grew up in Charlotte. I mean, come on. I, you, know, you know, we had some woods behind our house in Eastover. You know, I'm not sitting here saying I lived in you know the woods of you know of Appalachia or anything. But we spent our time there, and we did all that. But it was because we were always, yeah, you know, we were intellectually curious, we were physically curious, we were always engaging, and we were pushing um, because we wanted more. Um, and 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 we knew that the stimulus came from within. I think today the stimulus is so much out of that damn camera, phone, device, you know, the computer, you know, we're seeking stimulus in the wrong places, in my opinion. So what I would tell you is that for me, and I say this all the time to people that think they want to come work at the Whitewater Center, I say, guys, just because we, you know, we have kayaking or, you know, whitewater paddling or, you know, climbing, that's not why this place is cool to work. You know, that that goes away in five minutes. Um, yeah, I, I love riding my bike right outside the trails. That's not why I work here. I work here because every day we push each other and we challenge each other to grow. And we try new things. We try to get out of our comfort zone, whether that's on a bike, whether that's on a new business model, whether that's on taking on a new line of business, whether that's trying to, to, to constantly, constantly push ourselves Out of our comfort zone, the subject matter does not matter whether it's kayaking or whether it's the legal profession or whether it's, you know, uh, I I don't want to tell you how many goofy spreadsheets I've got here looking at, a we're looking at acquiring this little company. That's fun for me. It's exciting. There's risk, there's reward, you know, it could blow up on us, you know, all that stuff that, but it keeps you alive. And so it's not the biking. It's not, that's just one form of stimuli. Uh, it's anything that keeps you moving and and growing and being engaged and so i i think that you know my my drug of choice yeah happens to have you know more outdoor to it but it but but and this is going to sound so hokey but but adventure does not just come from you know the woods the adventure comes from the unknown and getting yourself out of that comfort zone and you know, my adventure today will be, you know, deciding whether we're going to buy this company or not. We got to make our decision today and make an offer. That's adventurous. We're going yeah. into some uncharted territory. And man, I love the people I get to do it with. I love, you know, the fact that if we do fail, we'll learn from it. And as long as we survive that, you know, that that failure, uh, we're fine. And I'm learning. You survive things that you never thought you would. And you do that by putting yourself in a vulnerable position.
1: It's it's, it's beautiful. And, uh, and I just want to tell you, I, you know, I know you hear this all the time, but uh, Whitewater center is just such a special place that, that y'all have created and, it's, um, you know, I've got listeners that many from, that are from Charlotte, but we also have listeners all around the world. And, uh, you know, it's a destination that people come to Charlotte for. And it's just it's such an amazing place. And, you know, to have been here um, when it opened and and to see what it's become today, it's it's really pretty amazing. And I'd just love to just see if there's anything that you want to share with our listeners about anything that's going on at the Whitewater Center now.
0: Now, I, thanks. Um, I'll say this. Um, two things. Um, one, when people do say to us, man, you know, the Whitewater Center has been really successful, you know, I, I, you know, one, I'm like, well, thank you. And I appreciate that's the perspective that people have. What I always do is, you know, it's that self-awareness we talk about. I'm like, guys, it's not genius. You know, it, it, and don't get me wrong. The, the, the team here that has been here, you know, for a long time, and the folks that have been in and out of here, you know, have, have done worked remarkably hard. It's not to diminish that, but, it's back to why your, your whole podcast exists. We are genetically coded to get outside. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not a complicated business model. Mm -hmm. The only thing we have to do is make it more accessible. That's all whitewater does. And so what you'll see going forward is we've got um, two new outposts that are going to go live here in about a week. Uh, We've got a new uh, outpost down in Pisgah, um, you'll hear all about when you see the announcement through um, uh, in the next week. We've also got an outpost down in the Francis Marion National Forest, um, down near Charleston. Uh, Also, um, probably several months later, but we've got um, a new outpost also up near, um, we call it Grayson, it's Grayson County in Southwest Virginia. You know, we cheat, we go, we said, all right, instead of, you know, bringing the, the the water to the horse, which was sort of the Charlotte model, we're going to go now and say, we know where the, these phenomenal outdoor assets, Grayson County, Virginia is one of the best examples. You've got the AT going through there. You've got the Virginia Creeper. If you've never been to Grayson Highland State Park, you have missed some of the best, you know what, on the whole planet, man. It is knock you dead gorgeous. And so we've got 122 acre track that we have there with some cabins that are from 1860 that will blow your mind Um, but the fly fishing the climbing the you know the paddling there all of that is beyond first rate and it's pretty remote Uh, that's the beauty of it there's not a whole lot going on in terms of you know development up there we love that we can kind of hide and so it's those are three neat, neat new things so that what we're trying to do is create more points of engagement create more opportunities for people to make it a little easier for them to, to, to play.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I, I love it. Uh, Grayson Highlands is a place I was um, planning to go actually just a couple of short weeks ago. So I'm excited to hear you guys have some, some things going on out there cause I didn't actually make it. So now, now I have even more reason to go.
0: That's if you want to cheat, if you want to get anybody, it, it, it's like giving them, you know, heroin, crack, you know, <laughs> whatever this drug is we're all on. It's the highball of all that stuff, right? All wrapped up into, you know, it's not that big of a state park, but my gosh, I mean, everybody I bring there for the first time, you know, if they've not really been yeah. backpacking, it's 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 the easiest place. And you ask all your um, at at thru hikers where they're, you know, what they were most impressed with on that whole stretch, you'll usually get. I usually hear the Whites, and then I also hear Grayson Highlands.
1: Yeah, well, it's on my list for sure. I can't wait to get there. Jeff, uh, for folks that are, you know, maybe experiencing that call to adventure, but giving in to the doubt and the resistance, what advice do you have for people that, that are, you know, maybe struggling to answer that call?
0: Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I'm such an analytical person on this kind of stuff. You know, my first answer probably is, you know, asking them what it, what's causing their hesitancy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's the discomfort. It's the mm-hmm. not knowing um you know i i i was kind of mean to my wife this morning um i was recommending that she and my my son go fishing this uh well tomorrow and, and the next two days and you know she gave me the, the reason she couldn't and i said you got to push through that you know that's an excuse and she said but it's a legitimate excuse and i said well what do you want to do you know what's your real goal here and what i was trying to convey to her was it wasn't about the choice between fishing and you know taking care of a responsibility back here it was a choice between do you want to go and have that growth moment or do you want to go take care of a very important responsibility sure but if you always let those very important responsibilities get in the way then you're not going to be able to handle those very important responsibilities the way you want to there's a balance do not you know get me wrong um i will tell you a pet peeve in life i have is this expression of work life balance? Mm. Is the stupidest darn concept anybody has ever said, and I wish to heck everybody would say, stop. Life is a balance. Work is simply an element of life. Yeah. So if you don't have, you know, your family in there, you know, if you don't have your play, if you don't have your, you know, your whatever you want to call it, your education, your research, you know, your silly time, all that's what you're balancing. But that's not measured against life. That's just life. And yeah. so, I think what I'm trying to say to you is, anybody that's telling you that they're hesitant, they're not. They need to add to the balance. Yeah. Go do these things that are going to get you uncomfortable. And I promise you, this is one of my best friends, and I'll call him out in case he ever hears this. My buddy Boswell, we call him Bos. He always, you know, gets in the nar and he starts looking at me. He's going, "This is sucking." And then that guy sitting around the fire, he looks at me and goes, God, this is freaking awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> you always do this. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. Okay. So just to kind of wrap up here, two questions I ask everybody that comes on the podcast, because Jeff, they're going to make a movie about you and your life and all of your adventures. And I want to know who the Hollywood actor is going to be that's going to play you in your movie.
0: If they make a movie about my life, we truly have gotten to where there is no content left to create. (laughs) Um, You know, I I want to focus on aesthetic appeal because, you know, it it would enhance, you know, what is, what, you know, one of my other greatest weaknesses, but I'm going to go with, and this guy's not a good looking man, except in a certain way, and that's Danny McBride.
1: Danny McBride. Uh, Okay. Do
0: you know who Danny is?
1: I'm having a hard time placing him. What's he, what is he in?
0: I'm currently watching the, what is it, the Mighty Gemstones?
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, The name's familiar.
0: He's from North Carolina, but here's why I'd pick him. I love the fact that he's an idiot (laughs) and he has such little self awareness, but he's, he always comes out on the right side of things. Life always works out. He always gets in the, you know what, but he's, and he always puts himself in it, but he always seems to come out of it. Okay. Despite all his failings and his inadequacy
1: so what what would the name of your movie be,
0: man? I wish I had more time on this one because I would really come up with something that 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 I would like to say. I think it would be i don't know why I'm going to say this, and I'm like, I don't know what this means I, I think it's going to be called this is it This is it no, Nothing more, nothing less yeah. this is it I love that I don't know He's- where that came from but This is
1: it. I love it. This is it starring Danny McBride. It's going to be great. Well, Jeff, I really, really appreciate your time today. For those listening, I hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Jeff's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Jeff Wise, thank you so much for being here today.
0: It was awesome. Love, love this.